0: Hello and welcome to episode 382 of The Yellow Wall Pod. I'm your host Stefan Budzko and today we will talk about Borussia Dortmund's latest signing, Daniel Marlen, and we will discuss the contract extension of Mahmoud Dahoud and maybe uh, cover the injury malaise if there are any to cover. But uh, more on that later for now, I'm very happy to introduce Lars one Hello Lars, how are you doing? Uh, I'm very glad you're joining me for this little uh, discussion about our new
1: striker or midfielder. Let's
0: <laughs> we'll see about that. How are you doing? Uh,
1: hello Stefan, I'm doing fine. I'm just a little concerned about uh, our cursed intro because it only now occurred to me that apart for, from Marco Reus, everyone is basically gone. I mean, (laughs) we had Kagawa, we had Shine, and now Sancho, so one of you is going to have to come back to Dortmund and get some new players to uh, speak our intro. Well, yeah, maybe we can uh, get a couple of new... uh
0: players to do the intro to be honest but i kind of like the uh the sort of timeline we have and uh, marco royce's the uh, consistency if you will but uh no i i i kind of like the historic tinge if you will uh of, of nuri and shinji and so on so um i i wouldn't i wouldn't describe it as cursed at all Lars. i don't know <laughs> but uh, i guess that's the pop cultural term right now people use i guess so um anywho so uh the black and yellows made it official Finally, that uh, Daniel Marlin from PSV will join Borussia Dortmund, the uh, 22-year-old, uh, has signed the contract until June 30th, 2026, and I think the transfer fee was around about 30 million, I don't know how much uh, of an agent fee Mr. Rayola is pocketing, or uh, what the add-ons are, and... Other clauses in that contract, I I honestly don't know. But uh, I I think $30 is sort of the the sum that's been reported everywhere. And um, yeah, I'm uh, actually quite excited about this transfer, even though I don't think he is really the like-for-like replacement of Jayden Sancho. Just don't think he's good enough at dribbling for that. But uh, yeah, Lars, what do you think of this transfer?
1: Uh, I mean, obviously, uh, a player... It's very explosive. Yeah, I mean, I think I have to preface this with saying that my, well, the biggest exposure I've had of uh, Marlon actually came at the Euro. So uh, you could argue it's a fresh memory, if you like, but uh, Mm -hmm. it's also a very small sample size. Uh, I did actually watch some PSV games early on last season to uh, watch uh, Mario Götze, who obviously signed for them. But uh, I don't necessarily remember Marlon either didn't really play in those because he was still nursing a long-term knee injury or he just didn't do anything i mean uh if if anything my memory is probably wrong uh yeah so given my limited exposure uh i i can basically see what everybody else saw at the euros that is the sh- sh- short area explosiveness that you kind of mentioned i think Uh, On the first few meters uh, sprinting, I'm not sure uh, anyone in Dortmund's squad is faster than Marlon is now. So that obviously uh, lends itself to uh, being considered a good counter-attacking player because he can just run away from people. And I think that's also something you saw at the Euros, uh, notwithstanding his uh, bad decision against the Czech Republic, which kind of doomed uh, the Netherlands in that game. Um, yeah, he scored a lot of goals at PSV last season. Uh, obviously, the uh, Dutch league kind of has a bad reputation for producing attacking talent because a lot of players can score in the Netherlands and fail to be as productive elsewhere. But I think uh, whenever Dortmund pay 30 million for a guy you would assume that they scouted him really well <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> then you then then you look at <laughs> I'm kind of uh, sure the backflash here but yeah <laughs> yeah i mean uh some other players but i think uh given you know that age bracket in uh which Marlon sits they have usually been pretty solid signing young guys uh and also i think there were somewhat substantial rumours about Marlon potentially also being uh, considered at the likes of Liverpool and Juventus so that's decent company uh, to be in for Dortmund so I'm quite optimistic uh, about him working out I think the most exciting for me is actually the tactical possibilities that come with his transfer Uh, just because obviously as I said I don't necessarily know too much uh, about him on a personal level Uh, But, you know, having a player who ostensibly could play as the main striker in some games, as the secondary striker to Erling Haaland in other games, uh, but also as, you know, a more regular winger in in another set of games, I think uh, that just adds variety. And I think when we talked first about uh, Sancho leaving for Man United for real this season, I think... Uh, what I said then was I wouldn't try to sign someone to do all the stuff that Sancho did because you basically end up with the verse, uh, worst version of what you already had. And in that sense, I'm quite pleased that they went and, and got you know a, a different flavor of a player, if you like.
0: Yeah, I think it, it will alter the complexion of Borussia Dortmund. I mean, we have not seen Dortmund play a two-striker system for ages i can't really remember when this was
1: even like a constant thing first club season i think they played a, quite a bit with the diamond yeah. and zidane and uh, valdez up front yeah something like that but uh, i think yes you are right but uh i mean i mean that that's zidane, still like 13 I mean, zidane years ago. Played a little
0: <laughs> bit behind valdez to be honest often you know and and uh, later on he was more of the number 10 in that yeah it, but I, I don't, I don't know. I never really considered mozi done much of a striker in Nelson Valdez. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's Nelson Valdez. So, um, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to, to see how his dynamic will be with, uh, Arling Haaland, to be honest, because they are both very, very fast. And, uh, I think the explosiveness I- itself is, is pretty cool. Um, if, if you watch any of the highlight reels and, uh, him in training, uh, what will be apparent very soon is that he is a big fan of the cheeky back heel, which myself, I really appreciate. I think that's very easy on the eye and if you can utilize it well, uh, it usually um, speeds up your combination play because uh, that just means you can pass on the ball per one touch from different angles and uh, that usually helps. So, um, yeah. In that regard, obviously, the other good thing is that he's already, <laughs> and from Dortmund perspective, I think already is a word you can use here, already 22 years old. And, uh, I mean, he came through the ranks uh, of first, I think it was Ajax, then he switched to uh, Arsenal. So he had, you know, pretty good youth academies and then obviously moved back to PSV. And uh, now he is a Dortmund player as a Dutch international. So um, what I'm looking forward to, and I hope um, something will get out of him, is uh, first of all, maybe his best footballing years. uh, And of course, consistency, because he's not 18 or 19 anymore. Uh, I think with 22 years, you are um, usually in 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 a very good shape. And uh, know what to do on the field. You're not a stranger to the game anymore. At least uh, players uh, nowadays are not. I mean, I, he he definitely has over 150 or so uh, professional games under his belt already. So this is uh, basically what, what I'm really hoping for. That he will be a consistent goal threat for uh, Borussia Dortmund. Um, I really don't know. Um, how his shot creation and uh, assist skills for other players will go. I mean, if you go on FB Ref and look at the statistics and the scouting report, which is really nice, um, you will see that uh, his actual assists uh, are not really high of a number, but his uh, expected assists are a little higher. Maybe uh, he, with better finishers around him like Haaland, uh, this will improve as well. So certainly something I'm hoping that he will utilize a little bit better because, uh, I think when you have a two striker setup, uh, and, uh, you have one less Jane Sancho, there need to be also, uh, some goal creations for your teammates. And I hope that's something, uh, that can happen. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to fast combination play, but obviously last, as it always is, we just basically have to wait and see how he, uh, really will be implemented. And, uh, uh, against which team it works better and against which teams it works uh, worse um, do you think this is the sort of player that can light it up even more so in big games like say against Bayern where Dortmund have not fared too well in uh, recent years do you think uh, his transfer should instill some hope in uh, some Dortmund fans that at least in, in those games uh, uh, Dortmund get a more of an edge let's say Obviously you always have to factor in that Jaden Sancho no longer is a factor, but uh
1: you know, still still gonna ask you that question. Yeah, and I mean I have absolutely zero way of answering Stefan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh the biggest game he played uh that I've seen, as I said before, was at the Euros against the Czech Republic in the round of what was that, sixteen? Uh and played decently well but uh you know missed the biggest chance of the game for the dutch national team which uh conceded like two minutes later so i mean given given that one data point i have i would say that probably he isn't going to be uh the the big beacon of hope but and in, in the same breath i have to say that one data point is not enough to go on so no that's very true i, I mean i, I I've, would I've argue that the-
0: Sorry, I've I've read that he misses a lot of chances, but I've also uh, seen that he overperforms his XG. So um, I I don't know really what to make out of this because uh, like you, it's not like I'm uh, sitting there with my bag of popcorn watch PSV re- religiously. So um, yeah, also it's it's always hard to extrapolate, even if you watch a lot of uh, uh, Dutch soccer to see how then he would fare in the Bundesliga. So yeah, these questions are. Very speculative, but uh, still, I I want you to speculate, Lars. How how do you think he'll uh, he'll move around in the in the Dortmund field? Where do you see the synergies happening? Is it going to be with with Royce, Haaland, or more with Reyna or Hazard? How do you how do you think this he from from just the little exposure you had? How do you think he will uh, jive with other players?
1: Uh, first of all, uh, just to track back a little bit, um, actually, I think there's been a number of cases in the last few years of you know top talents uh, leaving the Dutch league and actually doing pretty well. Uh, thinking obviously about uh, Frankie de Jong at Barcelona or Matthijs Selikt at Juventus. Uh, I don't know that we necessarily can put Marlon in that echelon of you know super talents that every club in Europe wanted, but I mean, it is what it is, and. It's not like back in the day, I think, uh, you know, 10, 12 years ago, if a player did well in the Dutch league, most fans in Germany probably thought, yeah, but uh, that's like our second division. Uh, and I think that has changed a little bit. Uh, and, you know, given how well he combined with uh, Memphis Depay at the Euros, uh after unseating Wout Weyshorst for the starting spot uh, during the group stages. uh, That uh, gives me some level of confidence that he should be able to jive well with basically everyone. I mean, uh, given his profile, uh, he and Haaland should do pretty well together. Uh, I could also see cases where he's playing up front with uh, Mukoko, obviously, uh, they are both you know, st- uh, attacking players that like to move around quite a bit. Uh, I could see him play up front with uh, Thorgan azar uh, from time to time. Uh, I think bet- pretty much every attacking player at Dortmund got along well on the field and off the field with Marco Reus. Uh, so I don't think that necessarily there's anything to point us towards there being a problem in, in that regard. But obviously uh, it's all quite a bit of speculation and it's presumably also going to take uh, quite a bit of time to see exactly how it all pan- uh, will pan out be- just because there's so little time left uh, for Marlon to actually make an impression before the games actually start to count. I mean, uh, we are recording on Thursday after, uh, afternoon or evening in Germany, so they are playing against uh, Bologna on Friday evening. Uh, Marlon is not going to feature much, if, if at all, in that game after only a few uh, training sessions so before the cup match i'm assuming they have like one or two uh, test matches uh, still left but you know that's not a lot to go on especially considering that we are kind of assuming that they are going to make this relatively large uh, tactical switch to a two-striker formation so i think especially early on uh, it's going to be a bit of a work in progress, and and perhaps you uh, will only catch glimpses of like his individual sparkling, uh, with his athleticism, with his uh, creativity, with his uh, you know eye for a shot. Because I think he took quite a lot of shots uh, at Paceway, and obviously that was a team under Roger Schmidt uh, that. Uh, who uh, coached Leverkusen, for example, in Germany back in the day, and has a somewhat similar background to Marco Rose. You know, both uh, having spent time at the Red Bull School of Football, if you like. So, I think there are enough, uh, you know, data points to uh, be cautiously optimistic, uh, generally speaking, but also to think uh, that it's quite possibly going to take a bit of time.
0: No, I, I hundred percent assume that everything will take a lot of time especially the the first couple of months of the season i think will be a bit rocky you know looking at uh even availability you know which players are fit which are you know present but not really fit you know what i mean um it, it's we had a long season plus the euros so um i don't know what kind of shape this team will be in and uh, at the same time i also do not know uh you know how well Dom will actually do under Rose and, and the, this, the tactical switch and obviously losing Jaden Sancho will be felt uh, in in certain moments of of games because uh, you know he he was a tremendous influence obviously so um this is going to be missing now um so there are a lot of variables uh going on at the same time where I am um, really cautiously optimistic about the season start it's not like um i'm sort of sta- st- standing at the, at the top of the world and saying and declaring that we'll definitely win the championship this year and everything's going to be awesome uh far from it right now but at the same time i also don't uh i'm, I'm not as pessimistic as i was before last season to be honest so um we'll we'll, we'll see how this pans out but uh one final point I want to make about Malen uh, from the little uh, yeah exposure. Let's put it this way: I got from uh, the the Euro games. What I find really interesting is um, he really isn't a pushover, and uh, something I I think that we will appreciate in Dortmund. That uh, even when defenders get physical with him, that he does not fall down. He doesn't. He doesn't have tendency to flop. Um, he I think balances his body quite well I don't know if that's because of uh, low center of gravity or or just uh, a good physique but uh, I, I think that that's really helpful uh, in, in the Bundesliga uh, against the types of defenders he will probably play against that uh, he um, does not get bullied that easily and uh, in terms of hold up play especially with a two striker setup I think uh, it's it's quite valuable so that's Something I'm looking really forward to from from that tactical aspect that Dortmund uh, have more moments this season and last season where they managed to retain possession because in the last season there were often phases where Dortmund were under pressure and then they just punted the ball out and couldn't really hold on to it up front because it was just Haaland by himself and maybe in in a different system um, Dortmund have an easier time in moments under pressure to actually get the ball out and then take the momentum away from the opponent with, with uh, you know, stuff like that where where Marlon holds on to the ball here and there and creates a couple more passing options that way. I don't know if they really will pan out that way, but at least on paper, if I'm looking at it, that's, uh, you know, a, a very boring <laughs> phase of the game usually. Uh but I, I think it uh, could make a big difference uh, overall how consistent Dortmund are and how you know how they deal with pressure uh from opponents, especially in, in uh high profile games like in the Champions League. So I'm um, yeah. M- maybe maybe that will come to fruition or the things I'm seeing are just rubbish and too small of a sample size. But um yeah that's uh that's it i think overall uh, everyone can be excited about this transfer even though uh it's 30 million euros and i feel like uh, in general dortmund have fair worse when they've spent more money than uh, when they've spent less money but i feel like uh, this is a good transfer um I'm not getting the, uh, Yamolenko at Jiro Immobile vibes from him, to be honest. So that's, that's very positive. I mean, he is a young and explosive player and I think he is a really good fit. And I think he'll score, uh, many goals in the Bundesliga. So, um, I'm, I'm really excited about him. Just hope he doesn't catch the yips <laughs> and uh, all should be well. So, um, with that being said, last, uh, we do have also a contract extension. Uh, Modahut has put pen to paper, and now added one year to his deal. I think his contract was running out in 22, but now it's, uh, yeah, running out in 23. Um, What's up with that sort of non-committal commitment,
1: (laughs) if you will? Um... I think it's mostly down to financials. Uh, what people don't really realize is that hood was on quite a large contract before uh, this extension and obviously before Corona times uh, because he was on his uh, uh, original deal that he signed sometime in early 2017 when uh, he was kind of billed as Dortmund's next one, which uh, we know hasn't panned out quite like that, uh, especially in the first, I don't know, three seasons or so. Um, and and now he's uh, agreed to a bit of a pay cut, reportedly. I mean, obviously, I don't know full details, but that's been relatively widely reported. And uh, given that, I think it makes sense for him to sign a one-year deal or add one year to his deal uh, and reassess the situation when presumably uh, COVID times will be over, although uh, I mean, is any <laughs> one of us really confident that in 23, when his uh, new deal runs out, that all the clubs will have will be flush with cash again because fans are back in the stands at, at full and you know there's no reduction in TV money or whatever? I think that's uh, still a bit optimistic uh, from a personal point of view, anyway. But it makes sense uh, from his perspective. I was going to ask, though, from, from Dortmund's and, and, perspective, do you think? Yeah, and, and I also think that it kind of makes sense for uh, Dortmund's perspective. Even though I'm the junior vice president of the local Motorhood fan club, <laughs> uh, even I have to admit that uh, for all his greatness, undenied greatness, uh, he's still someone who in his now four years at the club has been somewhat disappointing for one reason or another for uh, like at least half of that time arguably even more uh now it's not all his fault and some coaches <coughs> uh, didn't necessarily uh appreciate what he can bring to the table consistently uh, there were also some untimely injuries and and whatnot but still i mean uh just because he's been very good for spells over the last uh, 18 months or so and, and extended spells, to be fair. And I mean, we voted him uh, in a completely democratic and not biased way whatsoever as our player of the year, basically. So we all love him, but there's still some question marks over his consistency at the absolute highest level. So I think for Dortmund's perspective, it kind of makes sense to not go into too long a commitment, especially considering that a few players they did go into long commitments with are now on their payroll while uh, why they would like that not to be the case. I'm looking at Roman Birki who got an absolutely nonsensical contract extension, which I think we criticized at the time. And, you know, voila, he's now the uh, third wheel in, at the goalkeeper ranks and probably not going to leave because nobody uh, in early August or whatever is looking for a new uh, goalkeeper that isn't, you know, a clear-cut upgrade. So where's Roman Bürki going to go? And, you know, protecting themselves from having to ask the same question, which, knock on wood, we don't think is going to happen with hood still makes sense. Yeah, I mean, hood said in the final sentence of Dortmund's press release,
0: now I'm looking forward to taking the next step with BVB and achieving my full potential. Um, which I think sort of hints at that uh, I I still don't think we've seen the best that, uh that is in him. Sort of uh, I I think we've seen this last season a very good version of Modaoud and a version of Modaoud that uh, actually you know does help Borussia Dortmund. But uh, you know I I I can understand why from a club's perspective you'd be let's say cautious to hand him another three or five year deal especially as, as you just mentioned Dortmund have a lot of wages to pay um, right now two players also that maybe are not uh, sort of holding up their end of the bargain if you will If you, I, I don't know how much Nico Schulz is earning I don't know how much Julian Brandt is earning um, and I'm sure there are a few others that I could mention now um, where I, I think it's a bit of a you know wasted salary if you will in terms of uh, w- what you're paying and what you're actually getting and uh, I think this this the case was definitely so with Dahoud for many years I don't think he really justified his uh, salary to be honest but at the same time that's uh, not uh, something the players need to worry about that's sort of the club making mistakes and um, maybe, you know, trying to negotiate when he was still at Gladbach. I can understand why you want to offer the hoots a lot. But then, uh, you know, you you have to uh, get more out of it, basically. Uh, so, to me, this makes sense for both parties, as as you just said, as well. And, um, yeah, I'm really hoping uh, that he will uh, <laughs> no longer be dubbed the lockdown in Yesa but also perform <laughs> when uh, he's actually... Uh, you know, with fans in the stands, and uh, yeah. I mean, overall, I think chances are that it's all going to plan that he will play well and that he will get another contract extension after that, Uh, maybe get another wage increase then, but uh, I I think he really needs to prove himself right now just uh, as a couple of other players, Um, maybe briefly... I think Domo made it official, uh, in, uh, well, Watzke made it official, that uh, he is definitely thinking that um, Brandt will stay on, or or definitely will, just like Haaland. Do you think right decision? I think we discussed this already, but briefly, since now it's, it's really official that he's not going to leave.
1: Uh, to be honest, I'm not sure there is much t- decision to make, uh, because I don't think that there were any offers on the table for Brandt that would have made sense from an economical standpoint. I mean, we know and we've seen even in a Dortmund shirt and over uh, not the shortest amount of time uh, in Brandt's first season that he can be really effective for this team and given that and that he can presumably play at least three, maybe four roles in what we assume is, you know, Dortmund's main system or setup for next season. Uh, He's high quality cover for for those positions uh, at least in theory high quality um, and I think given that he's 25 it's his third season at Dortmund uh, he was not included in the Euro squad for Germany I think if there was ever kind of a situation in which the the fire under Brands behind that has sometimes been Put into question is lit by you know circumstances that he can not immediately control but influence heavily uh, with the way he plays uh, after the fact, if you like. Uh, I think there's a pretty decent chance that we see what Julian Brandt really is made of, and. Uh, I think at the high end of the spectrum you end up with one of the best players in the Bundesliga and at the low end of the spectrum you end up with a player who has so much potential still that you can probably sell him for a half decent fee uh, after this season so it definitely makes sense to uh, stick with him. Uh, especially given the the market just isn't there for uh, this kind of player at this point in time.
0: Well, I'm feeling very optimistic about Julian Brandt this season because the very first thing that happened in the first friendly, I don't even remember against who it was, uh, was uh, that Julian Brandt blocked the ball out of bounds. <laughs> immediately after kickoff, uh opponent had possession and he m- immediately blocked the ball on the, around the halfway line, uh, closed on his opponent and was the first sort of to to sprint sprint and hunt down the space. So um, you know, that's that that set the tone and uh I'm now completely assured without watching much more <laughs> football that uh, it's going to be Julian Brandt's season. So on that note, Lars, um I teased it sort of in the intro the injury malaise. I think I, I wrote it down sort of because I keep like looking at my phone and I get push notifications of Dortmund players that are are injured or maybe injured or it may be worse than uh, first expected, yada, yada, etc. Um, but at the same time, I have not really read up on who is all injured now and who can play. Um, I think Marius Wolf picked up something. Uh, Guerrero is feeling his thigh right now also. Uh, can you maybe shed a little light uh, on the uh, status of Borussia Dortmund's patchwork squad right now because uh, after such a long season as I previously mentioned uh, players sort of trickle into the team uh, at a very slow pace and are maybe not fit and at different stages of their sort of preseason. and I mean the season starts very soon so uh, what's sort of the status going into the new season uh, with, with players uh, who is available or rather who is not really available or uh, fans
1: should maybe uh, worry about? well I'm wondering why I have to do that when you wrote it down Stefan I did not write it down (laughs) you just said you did but uh, anyway um, I only wrote down injury malaise question mark we have it it on record Stefan that you said or or I'm delirious and completely misunderstood what you said but anyway
0: maybe that or I just misspoke
1: yeah whatever the case may be um, I don't know if I can, can can even list all of them Uh, Obviously, the players that uh, went far in the Euros only are trickling back. As you said uh, on Thursday, the three Belgian guys were expected back and did return as far as I know. Akanji was also expected back. I did not see him arrive uh, on social media or whatever, but I'm assuming that he is uh, back in his home country. uh, Switzerland is where Dortmund's training camp is. uh, Only until Saturday, I think. So it's kind of remarkable that they make these guys come back for you know maybe one or two training sessions and uh that's it but it kind of shows that you know marco rosa doesn't have any time to uh, to waste uh, in getting to know the players and group dynamics and all that um amber john is back uh should be available for the start of the season he was in like a press talk today and talked about being close enough to 100 percent after not you know uh vacationing like Brazilian players did 15 years ago. Um, he didn't say that, I said. Uh, <laughs> I'm Mats just Humeritz. wondering
0: what that means.
1: <laughs> I mean, there was a cliche about Brazilian players uh, taking things very chill uh, in uh, during the summer and extending their summer vacation and coming back uh, overweight and under-trained. So I, I think that's not necessarily the case these days. So everyone... Who isn't injured coming back? I don't think it's going to be too big a problem to get ready. Certainly for the Bundesliga start at in uh, the middle of August, the, the cup game uh, on I think August the eighth. Also, that might be a bit early for some of these guys. Uh, so still missing and not returning for the training camp as far as I know uh, are Delaney and Bellingham obviously being the players who went farthest in uh, at the Euros but I think those are kind of two guys that I think we can somewhat safely assume take good care of their their bodies and especially in case of Bellingham he's so young still uh, he shouldn't have too much uh, of an issue getting into playing shape fairly soon so those are the, the, the Euro guys, uh, Marlon being one of them. Uh, as I said earlier, he's probably not going to feature much in the, the friendly against Bologna on Friday. And then there's uh, the the injured contingent, uh, Sumaila Koulibaly, new centre-back of PSG, uh, not going to feature too soon after an ACL tear. Uh Axel Zagadou... Is back in some parts of team training or at least on the training pitch, Uh, but he said he's still a couple of months away from playing. Actually, saw Marcel Schmelzer being back in parts of team training today, Uh, but obviously he only signed for insurance reasons, uh, his contract extension. So, I mean, he's not going to feature, I wouldn't think, anyway, uh, for the first team this season. Marius Wolf, uh, you already mentioned uh I'm certainly going to miss some people uh but you know uh Hummels, yeah um he's back in or oh, he's with the team now in team training but he has problems with his is it Patella tendon yes I don't know uh in yes. English yes yeah, it, it's a knee issue that he somewhat foolishly I would say it's but it's a tendon mean, that goes uh,
0: over your kneecap I think
1: yeah, uh, he played through that for some reason uh, at the Euros. I mean, obviously him being recalled to the national team, wanting to do well at uh, at a major tournament. I can understand it from that side. But from a Dortmund perspective, it certainly would have been better for him to rest up. Uh, it doesn't seem likely that he's going to be able to play, certainly in the cup game and maybe even to start the Bundesliga season. The same apparently goes for Guerrero with uh, a calf problem. So the big issue uh, that's been fairly visible also during preseason is the center-back situation where uh, they are basically forced to play Akanji and Amojan or uh, move up someone from the second team. Uh, In the last few test games, they played with Leonard Maloney, uh, a former U.S. MNT Youth International and uh, Antonios Papadopoulos, uh, both players of the second team, which actually won their first game in the, th- the third division last weekend. Um, and of those two, uh, Papadopoulos certainly uh, made the bigger impression. So if if all else fails and you know they have to play one of those guys next to Akanji or John, uh, I would put some money on Antonius Papadopoulos and given that he moved to Dortmund's second team from I think Hallescher FC which presumably 97% of our listenership will never have heard of uh, in the third division that's not necessarily a great prospect uh, for early in the season but I mean Not like Bayern don't have these kind of issues with a lot of guys uh, coming back from the Euros uh, and and a few other clubs as well. So uh, I think nobody at Dortmund is really complaining about having players that are good enough to feature in the Euros. Uh, And you know, the, the first few months after a big tournament, and actually, there were more than one tournament, obviously, with Copa America uh, Anna 21's Olympics so a lot of clubs all over the world and especially in Europe will have these problems so you (laughs) just gotta suck up and deal with it I
0: hope Gio can get it together after scoring in in the CONCACAF whatever uh, against Mexico (laughs) our new number 7 I hear so uh, lots of
1: responsibility now yeah but he's not at the Gold Cup uh, which apparently The U.S. are facing Qatar for reasons that are probably not sporting uh, in the semifinals later tonight or whatever.
0: Oh, is that so? I didn't even know.
1: Yeah, I I guess that says all about the big hype uh, the U.S. MNT is currently provoking in your country?
0: I don't know. I'm not a. I'm not a, a reference point for what the hype around the United States men's national team is and whatnot. Because I really could couldn't care less, to be honest. So, um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm sure there's hype somewhere. Uh, maybe I don't know. Uh, maybe not. Who knows? <laughs> anyway, yeah, I I, I think uh, that's uh, pretty much covered it all. I don't uh, from the top of my head remember anything i mean yes lagadu said that he'll probably take uh, about two or three more months until he is uh, uh back to i don't know team training or, or fully fit or whatever um so there's more patience uh for that so i i feel like the start the first two or three months of the season in general will be a bit uh shaky and then maybe don't want to have to uh run the table again who knows how how it will go but uh this is sort of my uh, expectation. Anyway, um, I I think uh, we shall be back uh, with an episode to preview the cup match and probably have a bit more info on that. Maybe there's even a press conference in between uh, the episodes, the preview episode and the game where uh, we'll know more. Uh, but in the meantime, Lars, uh, thank you very much for coming on and uh, discussing uh, the uh, arrival of Daniel Marlon with me. And uh, what that could mean for Dortmund. So thank you. Um, if you're, if you so will, please tell our listeners where to uh, find you on the internet, and then uh, I'll
1: knock it on the head. Uh, you can follow me, but not read many tweets these days at Lars Poelman. <laughs> Yeah, you can follow me
0: at Stefan Busco Also, uh, not to the highest frequency of tweets, I must admit. Uh, nevertheless, you can do that. You can also follow all of us at Yellow Wall Pod on Twitter and Facebook. If you want to subscribe to this podcast, you can do that on iTunes, Amazon, Google, YouTube, etc. And of course, if you want to contribute financially, you can always find our Patreon on patreon.com slash Um, Yeah. Anyway, I'm 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 starting to slowly get excited about the new season again and uh about competitive club football after such uh, a at, at least the break felt really long to me. Um so yeah, I I really uh cannot wait until the Bundesliga really starts, but that's a couple more weeks. So uh until then, uh I still have a little a nice trip up to Cape Cod to to make, so uh I actually get a couple more days off. So, yeah. Anyway, in the meantime, I hope you all uh, stay safe, get vaccinated, and uh, as always, also thank you for listening. We shall be back soon. Goodbye.